I'm excited to get to today's guest, but first I want to tell you about our sponsor, CTC Math. Our family uses and loves CTC Math. So if you're looking for a great online math curriculum, visit ctcmath.com to sign up for your free trial. That's ctcmath.com. Hey everyone, this is Yvette Hampton. I'm so glad you're with me today. We are playing some of our best of episodes because we are traveling right now and out on the road getting to meet many of you. It's so very exciting. So we hope that you will enjoy this episode. I'm sure it will bring you great encouragement. And also, if you are interested in supporting the ministry of Schoolhouse Rocked, go to schoolhouserocked.com and you'll see the Donate Here button. That's really a huge blessing to us to help support the travel and the ministry as we take Schoolhouse Rocked on the road. Now enjoy this best of episode of the Schoolhouse Rocked podcast. Hey everyone, this is Yvette Hampton. Welcome back to the Schoolhouse Rocked podcast. I am back with Abraham Hamilton III, um, and I am so enjoying this conversation. We're talking about leadership in our family and about how homeschooling plays into that and family discipleship and all, all of the things um, that matter when it comes to family and educating our kids. Um, It's not just about the academics, of course, we talk about that all the time. Um, Academics are important, but they are not the most important thing. And um, another verse that that continues to come to my mind, it's it's one of my favorite verses in the whole Bible is Joshua 22.5, and it says, only be very careful to observe the commandment of the law that Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you to love the Lord your God and to walk in all his ways and to keep his commandments and to cling to him and to serve him with all your heart and with all your soul. And that is what it's all about. That's what it all comes down to. It's the, the academics really do matter because we need the academics to point our kids towards Jesus. But what matters the most is that we teach our kids to obey his commandments, to keep them, to cling to him to serve him with all their heart and with all their soul. But unless we're doing that ourselves as their parents, our kids are never going to learn to do that. You know, we talk about Luke 640, which, you know, says that a, a student will become like his teacher. Well, we are the ones teaching them. And if we're not the ones teaching them, who is the one who's teaching them? And what are they being taught? You mentioned, Abe, uh, a little while ago, how it's not the job of the youth pastor or or the church or the schools to train up our children. It's our job as their parents. Yeah. I mean, God has given us a big role and and a big responsibility in doing that, but He equips us to be able to do that. Absolutely, uh, he, he equips us to be able to do that. And it's just, you're absolutely right. You search the scriptures, you'll find uh, that the word of God says that it is the parents' responsibility. It doesn't mean that the local church doesn't have a role. I, I alluded to it earlier, the church's role is a, in a support position. It's secondary to our role as parents. Uh, but we as parents are the first responders in, in this area. And I often pray, uh, Lord, that may my children come to know you in light of my example, not in spite of my mm, example. Right. You know, because God can do miraculous things. But I, my prayer is that I would not be an impediment to, to them coming to meet him and saving faith, um, but that I would be uh, an on-ramp, that I would be a runway uh, for them to, to meet him. And so it, Deuteronomy 6 says it plainly. Uh, that you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And you shall teach this to your children. The first component of disciple making is that we have to be disciples ourselves. Right. You know, we can't 
we can't sell what we hadn't purchased. That's right. <laughs> you know, uh, and, and, and the truth is that our children know the distinction between those who are casually curious about the Lord and those who have been captured by him. Right. There's a, there's a, a football field's worth of difference between the two. Oh, I love that you say captured by him. Because, uh, yeah, it's not just a game that we play. It's not just a, well, I believe in God. I know that he's real. I know that he created the earth. It's no. Do we really have a passion for a relationship? Do we desire to know him better? And when we yeah. have that desire, hopefully our kids will cling to that and follow along with us. We can't force them to do that, but hopefully they'll mm-hmm. see the joy in our lives. And man, being a parent is the most humbling thing, is it not? Mm-hmm. Oh, it absolutely is. It absolutely is. It gives you an opportunity to also teach your children how to repent. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Which is a critical component, you know, of following the Lord is that if you miss it, when you miss it uh, before them, that that we have the humility, the integrity and the love for God, quite frankly, that we humble ourselves and say, man, I'm missing on this one, guys. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And it's, you know, being a parent is so different than being a spouse. You know, as a wife, mm. we, Garrett and I were married for 11 years before we had our first daughter. And so for a long time, you know, we would go, we would have our disagreements and stuff and then apologize. But, you know, we're, we're kind of our own people. We were adults kind of established in, in our own ways. We didn't follow each other's example, really. You know, I mean, to a point, mm-hmm. you kind of do. But kids, it's a completely different thing. You know, our kids are little us. You know, they they yeah. they become at least in the early years. You know, they they do things the way that we do them. If we love baseball, they're going to love baseball. Typically, if we love, uh, you know, yeah. shopping, they're going to probably love shopping. If we love Jesus, they're going to hopefully follow in our footsteps and love Jesus. But we have to show that to them. Um, yeah. I want to talk on kind of the, the the last point, and then I want to move on to to some other things. Um, but we we talked about kind of the three different leadership, uh, spiritual leadership roles that you play in its family. You said family was the first one, mm-hmm. church would be the next one, and then mm-hmm. uh, society. You know, you've got a national radio show, and um, you you really kind of have your hands in different parts of culture, um, and I'll even say of this culture war that we're in. How? Mm-hmm. How are you able to influence in your role as a spiritual leader the the culture around you? Yeah, so in my role through my my, my radio program, the goal that I seek to accomplish is to um, cultivate a biblical grid through which we navigate the issues of the day. Um, and so it it is kind of an extension of what I do through first and foremost with my family, secondary and in our local assembly, but cultivating the the understanding, you may want to just, it could probably describe as cultural apologetics to where mm. we navigate the issues of the day, but having erected the, the lens of scripture as the gradient through which we navigate the issues of the day. That That is the goal that I'm seeking to accomplish. And even being able to speak the truth, uh, conveying biblical truth, to the issues that are confronting us. Also encouraging the listeners to make sure that their positions are anchored in the Word of God right. as opposed to uh, the opinions of men. And so through through that, we I find myself wading into issues uh, like politics and public policy and other areas uh, because they're not something that, that we have to be afraid of, mm-hmm. but we just have to make sure that as we engage them, we don't find ourselves uh, uh, leaving the scriptures on the sidelines in an effort to uh, navigate these issues. You know, I mean, a perfect example is right now there are lots of conversations 
about justice. And I, and I, I encourage people to make sure that they're defining their terms biblically. Now, when mm-hmm. you say these things, what are you talking about? And bringing it to the forefront, well, the Bible says, Proverbs 28, 5, that wicked men cannot comprehend justice. Mm-hmm. Cannot. I mean, that's an institutional incapability. Right. So if we're having a conversation about justice, but yet it's being governed, driven, and dominated by people who are self-described rebels against God, right? are you really having a conversation about justice biblically? Right. Probably not. You know, so that that's just one example of of what I'm what I'm talking about in terms of developing a biblical lens through which we navigate these issues because the goal is not merely to accomplish a temporal objective but the goal is to exalt the king of glory right. and to invite people into his eternal kingdom. Yeah, amen. You know, it's interesting as I look back um at 15 years ago almost when my oldest daughter was born society was so different back then and, and it was really starting to shift um for yeah. sure it was quite different than it was when i was a kid um but now 15 years later i'm we're looking at uh, culture around us and we're like what in the world is going on and one of the things that we notice is that we have a true national identity crisis and i never imagined like it never would have even crossed my mind that i would have to explain to my girls you know, boys are boys, girls are girls, you know, that the, I mean, just all this stuff that people have no, no foundation, no foundation for who we are in Christ. So as you're raising your kids, cause you've got pretty young kids, um, you know, my, my kids are young, youngish too. Um, yeah. Yours are younger. And as you're looking to the future, um, how do you teach your kids where their value comes from? And then how, yeah. how do you instill that um, Christ-like identity in them. Yeah. So one of the things, and I'm pretty sure you've heard this before, um, as a as a homeschooling father, a, a home-based discipling father, I've been accused of sheltering my children, mm-hmm. <laughs> and and I've said yes, guilty as charged. Um, but the difference is, my sheltering is so that I can launch them accurately. Right. It's not to separate them from what's happening. It's to train them. And I use this analogy frequently that even in our military in the United States of America, uh, that we seek new recruits. When new soldiers are recruited, uh, they're not recruited and instantly put on the battlefield. Right. Why Amen. is that? Because a new recruit untrained uh, will not be an asset, but will be a detriment in war. Hmm. I tell people that I am sheltering for war <laughs> because we are in spiritual warfare. And so my sheltering is to provide boot camp so that my soldiers, Lord willing, they will become Green Berets and Navy SEALs and, and they will become expert at uh, doing, waging war spiritually so that they will not become casualties of the culture, but that they will be able to shine brightly and be effective ambassadors of the kingdom of God within the culture. And, and so um, one of the things I learned, my, my cousin was a banker and I learned a long time ago that uh, with the pr- proliferation of counterfeit currency, when people use cash more frequently than they do now, uh, the way that bankers were trained to detect counterfeit currency, because there's so many variations, they didn't spend any time trying to uh, divine and superintend all of the different variations of counterfeit. They just spent all of their time handling authentic currency. Mm-hmm. By honing their, their skill and spending all of their time with authentic currency, it made the counterfeit stick out like a sore thumb. Right made it immediately discernible, readily identifiable, and that is the approach that we endeavor to take. Uh, Instead of trying to predict all of the variations 
uh, uh, in the many, many multifaceted ways that the rebellious heart of a wicked, sinful mankind will present themselves. We try to spend our time uh, delving into, and, and people are scared of this word, but yes, indoctrinating them Amen. so that we get the doctrine of God in. That's not a bad word. Right. To get the doctrine of God in so that the things that violate the doctrine of God are immediately discernible, readily identifiable, and immediately cast aside. And so that is the approach that that we take. Amen. Oh, that is so beautifully said. I love that. Uh, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. Are you struggling with managing homeschooling your child on a day-to-day basis? BJU Press has a new homeschool planner that can simplify your homeschooling. With BJU Press Homeschool Hub, you can see your child's work for each day, track grades, and grade assignments all in one organized system. The BJU Press Homeschool Hub can make your experience more manageable and more enjoyable. You can have the resources you need for painless planning and happy homeschooling. Visit BJUPressHomeschool.com to see how the Hub can improve your homeschooling. Parents everywhere are waking up to the fact that God is calling them to teach their children His Word. BibleQuest gives you a plan and resources to do just that, using the incredibly effective classical model. Help your students memorize biblical information through games and scripture memory songs. Build their understanding with easy-to-use Bible discussions. Mentor them to be wise doers and sharers of the Word. Biblical knowledge, understanding, and wisdom for a lifetime. Try four weeks free at BibleQuestClassical.com forward slash rocked, R-O-C-K-E-D. That's BibleQuestClassical.com forward slash rocked, R-O-C-K-E-D. We are back with Abe and uh, again, talking about uh, identity, how how we raise up our kids to be basically what you're saying is is salt and light Mm -hmm. um, in this world when they're ready, not throwing them into battle before they're armed and ready uh, for this battle. And, you know, I, I mean, people can say all day long, I shelter my kids. Yes, I do. I don't shelter them from everything, you know, and, and they know... Uh, you know, my my now ten year old knows more about life and and sinful ways of life than I knew when I was twenty. Literally, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it just is shocking yeah. because it's all around her. I mean, it's there's no way to um, to shelter shelter them completely from everything. Um, but the Lord gives us wisdom in knowing how to speak life and truth into our kids and and to point out. You know, this is wrong. This is ungodly. These these ways, the ways that these people are acting, the ways that they're treating one another, the things that they're saying, these are not from the Lord. And what does God's word mm-hmm. say about these things? And um, so, on on that note, I want to talk about worldview and kind of bring it back to home education because mm-hmm. we talked a little bit about this um, earlier. But academics matter. Um, mm-hmm. so much because that is what helps us. It, it's a tool that we have to point our kids towards Christ. But academics, just for the sake of teaching them math, science, spelling, history, um, on its own is empty if we don't teach from a biblical worldview. So in your family, how do you and your wife surround your children, not just in your family devotion times, but how do you teach them everything that they're learning from a biblical worldview? Like practically speaking, how do you do that? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, Academics do matter, but they don't matter in isolation. Right. So, uh, you know, the, the scripture commands us to worship the Lord with all our heart, our souls, our minds, and our strength. 
Uh, Christianity is an intelligent faith. We don't have to check our intelligence at the door if we're going to be uh, disciples. In fact, it's quite the opposite. It's because we love the Lord with everything that we, we have and everything that we are, we also seek to worship him uh, with our minds. And, and ex- a perfect example, when we uh, talk about the discipline of mathematics, uh, we don't just talk about two plus two equals four. We also go into the worldview questions. Uh, why does two plus two equal four? And then also, will two plus two equal four always? Right. Or can we ever expect two plus two to equal anything else? And the why two plus two equals four we move our kids to, to understand, our children to understand that because the Lord cre- is the creator of our universe and he's created it with order. Amen. When we delve into the discipline of mathematics, we are delving into a portion, not the totality, but a portion of God's mind as the creator, who is a God of order, who is a God of logical reasoning, and who is a God who is unchanging, which is why two plus two will always equal four. We seek to, whatever discipline we engage in, to lay Christ at the foundation, at the bottom of that discipline, and he is the rock that each discipline is built on. When we start talking about linguistics and language, uh, we talk about the fact that language is a gift from God. You know, mm. millions of years, a random chance over time would not alone create a language. That's right. But that language is something that God has gifted us. And when we study the various disciplines, we we teach our children that what we're doing is we are engaging in an aspect of the Lord's mind and that we are endeavoring to worship him with our minds, seeing this particular portion of his mind. And what we found is that as our children become more and more passionate for the Lord, they become more voracious learners because they desire to worship the Lord with their minds and understanding this aspect of who the creator is as he has revealed himself, man, it, it kind of wets their whistles. Mm-hmm. And and that's not the same way. And I have children who have different learning styles and I have one son who's kind of like me. You give him a book, leave him alone. He's good. I have one kind of like my my wife. She's more of a kinesthetic learner. But having Christ as the foundation of all manner of learning and and approaching learning as an exploration, as a as a um, as a treasure hunt, really, mm-hmm. into Endeavor and into being confronted with various aspects of God's mind, it's completely transformed learning into something I wish I would have grown up uh, with as as a student because it would have completely revolutionized how I approached uh, the pursuit of education. Right. Um, I, education is discipleship, and that's the way uh, we seek to present the various disciplines to our children. Yeah, amen. Education is discipleship. It's all discipleship, one way or another. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, who's discipling your children? Is it you? Yeah, discipling them and and that you know, training them up in the admonition of the Lord and in the truth of God's word, or is it someone else who's raising them up with their ideas? It's been so interesting to watch what's happening right now with the virtual schools and these mm. kids sitting in front of these computers day after day after day. And I mean, it. I want to say it happened probably within the first two weeks of these schools going, you know, virtual where they started saying, okay, we're gonna have these parents sign these mm-hmm. commitments that they're not gonna sit and watch what's being taught. <laughs> what? I mean, I, I just... <laughs> if in, the parents can't watch it, that's a dead giveaway. Right. <laughs> what are you teaching my child that you don't want me to know? Yes, exactly, exactly. And they said, well, some of the teachers aren't comfortable knowing that the parents are there. What? <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I just, I, I cannot wrap my mind around uh, why any parent would just willingly say, oh, okay, well, I'll just step out of the room and let you teach them whatever you want to teach them. And it's none of my business anyway. It is every bit of your business. 
it's not only your business, it is your responsibility Amen. from God. It is your responsibility. You know, I had the unfortunate opportunity, if you want to call it that, to have a conversation um, with some parents because, you know, their, their children were coming home, they were in enrolled in public schools, and they were saying, I don't know where uh, little Johnny got that from. We don't teach him that kind of things. <laughs> and, you know, and I, I, I wanted, you know, they're, they're in pain, they're hurting. I wanted to ease up, but I had to speak the truth in love in that situation. I said, listen, um, if you're not discipling your children, somebody is. Somebody is doing it. That's and right. there's a principle that's laid down in Genesis that everything and every person reproduces after its own kind. So if Johnny is adopting values and, and qualities that you have not cultivated mm-hmm. and you don't think you know where they got where they got it from, where Johnny got it from, I said, I can tell you. Yeah. Where have you been sending Johnny? Right. He's He's picking it up picking up, picking it up from where you're sending him. And then in addition to that, you're sending him there with the authority that God has given you as a parent, with the instruction for them to learn well what they're being taught where you're sending them, but you're frustrated with the results. Right. Yeah. And the frustration is a re- it has, has occurred because in this instance, you have abdicated your position yep. and you don't like what Johnny is coming home with. Yeah. So now a decision has to be made whether or not you're going to continue in that way or whether or not there's going to be a changing of course. Right, right. Well, and, and you know, I don't, I feel like there's not enough pastors speaking out about these things because they don't want to hurt people's feelings. They don't want to upset the boat and have people go, well, but you know what? I, I have my kids in school and their teacher is really nice and their, their teacher is a Christian. Well, that might be so. However, the school system that they're in is absolutely opposed to teaching them the truth of God's word. And those teachers' hands are tied, you know, even if they are good, wonderful people. Um, you know, we, we know many of them and yeah. they can only do so much. And so that's a tough situation to be in. So we're, we're just about out of time, but I would love for you to just give one last bit of encouragement to specifically dads, um, mm-hmm. dads who are trying to uh, figure out this role of family discipleship mm-hmm. and they're feeling inadequate. And, you know, I, mm-hmm. I've been married long enough. I've been married, you know, over 25 years to know that many men feel inadequate in this, in this area, especially where they just feel like they're not enough to raise up their, their family and their children to become what they want them to become spiritually. Mm-hmm. It is a big yeah. role to fill. How can you encourage those dads? Yeah, I would say congratulations, uh, because I felt the same way. And isn't it amazing uh, that when you search the scriptures, God doesn't look uh, for the person with the most degrees, the most, you know, pharisaical training always, the person who has the most uh, eloquent speech. You know, he takes vagabonds, you know, Mm -hmm. people that the erudite of the day, you know, thinking about Peter and John before the Sanhedrin, they were astounded because they said, man, these are ignorant and unlearned men. You know, these guys aren't qualified to, to engage in us in a civil dif- discourse over the rich theological history of the Old Testament Israelites. Nevertheless, they had to find themselves corrected in a sense, but wait a minute, we take note because they have been with Jesus. Mm-hmm. God understands your background, your history, the deficiencies you believe you have, and God doesn't call you um, in spite of those. He calls you because he knows that you will remain dependent upon him. It is not about a humanistic uh, sufficiency that we're seeking for. We serve an all-sufficient God. Amen. And when God has called us to serve in a particular role, it is He who equips us to fill the role that He calls us to. 
And a part of the reason why he does that is so that we live out John 15, that we remain plugged into the vine. Yeah. He's the vine, we are the branches. We, we remain perpetually dependent upon him and he makes fruitfulness out of a circumstance that many of us would have stopped and, and thought there's no way that we could be what God is calling us to be. He knows that and he calls you to it anyway. That's the pinnacle of unconditional love. Amen. Garrett's uh, screensaver on his phone says, God doesn't, uh, God doesn't call the equipped, he equips the called. Amen. And none of us are equipped well enough to raise this generation of kids, especially in, in the state of chaos that we are in. None of us are, but with God, we are. He gives us everything that we need. And that's the great, great thing about it. He take, He removes that burden from us completely. And he Amen. says, you know what? I'm going to do this with you. I'm going to do this for you. Um, and when we are feeling weak and inadequate and insecure, God scoops us up along with our children and just says, let's do this. I'm, I'm right here with you, and he is such a faithful God. So you guys, I hope you have been encouraged. Uh, take your kids, read God's Word with them, study God's Word, memorize Scripture with your kids, L worship together, listen to worship music. You know, it's one of the greatest things I, I love is just having worship music on, uh, just playing, you know, whether it's in our car or in our home, um, and focus our hearts on the Lord because more than ever, we need family discipleship right now. We need men and women of courage who are going to stand strong and say, we're going to take a stand. We are going to raise up godly leaders for this next generation because we are losing it quickly. And if we don't start getting serious about our role as parents and stop abdicating uh, those responsibilities to someone else, we are, we are going to be completely lost. And I don't know that we'll be able to get it back. Um, Though God is faithful, He's got a plan in all of this. So um, I don't mean to sound negative there, but um, but but it's a role to take seriously. So Abe, thank you so much for your time today. You are an absolute blessing. Thank you for your ministry and um, for, for what you do on radio. Thank you for how you lead your family and your church and uh, just for the influence that God is, is um, that you're having in God's kingdom. So you are an absolute blessing. Well, thank you. You're a blessing. And I uh, so appreciate being able to participate in this podcast. It's been a blessing to me for sure. Yeah. Thank you so much. And you guys can find out more about Abe um, by going to where? You you listed off yes. a bunch of things last time. <laughs> yeah, you can you can you can find my radio program anywhere podcast where you get your podcast from. You can subscribe to my podcast there. Okay. I have uh, the Hamilton Corner YouTube channel, Facebook page. Uh, on Parlay as well as Twitter. You can follow me there at Hamilton Corner and on Instagram at Hamilton Corner. And you can keep up with all things American Family Association at AFA.net. Awesome. We will, again, put those links in the show notes so you guys can find out more about Abe. Uh, thank you guys for listening today. Have a fantastic rest of your week. Please take time to pray for our family and the ministry of Schoolhouse Rocked. We would love it if you would do that. Um, and if you have time, well, maybe you can make time because no one ever has time. <laughs> if you can make a few minutes, um, find a few minutes in your day, we would love it if you would leave a review for this podcast and share it with your friends. Send this podcast link to some of your friends and just say, hey, listen to this. I think it will be encouraging to you. Um, we would appreciate that. So thank you guys. Have a great rest of your week and we will see you back here next week. Bye. What we do at IEW is break through the, the noise of the grammar and the writing prompts, and we say, this is what you do, step by step. And I've witnessed it over and over again, both 
watching Andrew teach and hearing from parents, this is the best writing program. We've made it so easy and made it really affordable. So any mom can teach writing to their children using our course, and we guarantee it. To try three weeks of free lessons, visit IEW.com.